and welcome to worship at Sowen Avenue Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you have found your way to this sanctuary, whether it be the few of you who are here in person or all of you who are worshiping with us virtually. We are united by the Holy Spirit and we're so glad that you're with us this morning. A few announcements before we begin with worship. First and foremost, a special welcome to the Arnheim and Bowman families who are here with us to celebrate the baptism of their daughter, Frances, Toby and Courtney Arnheim, um, and Mary Watterson, Frances's older sister, are here with us in the sanctuary, as well as Reverend Linda Bowman, who is a colleague and friend of the Charlotte Presbytery and aunt to Frances and Mary Watterson. We're so glad that you are here with us. And for all of you who are friends and family of the Arnheims, we're glad you're with us as visitors this morning. This evening at Selwyn Avenue, we will gather on the lawn safely uh, for Children's Chapel at 4.30 and then a casual worship service on our lawn where we do wear masks and practice social distancing. If you are a ninth or 10th grader this evening, you are having a dinner um, with Margot Richardson and you can contact her for more information about that. A note about our current status with COVID-19. Our task force continues to monitor the cases that are happening in and around our city, and they continue to guide our decision-making regarding how and when we are allowed to gather. We appreciate your patience and your understanding as we are called to protect every one of our members and visitors. We are hearing reports of new cases amongst our sister congregations. This morning we pray for Park Road Baptist Church on news of one of their co-pastors who has been tested positive with the virus. We continue to monitor and, and pray for all of our friends and neighbors who are dealing with that situation. Finally, this morning marks the beginning of Selwyn stewardship season. As people of faith, we are committed to the church and our discipleship is an expression of our faith year round, although this is a season we consider specifically what our relationship with money is all about. Jesus uh, addresses money more than any other topic in the gospel, which makes sense uh, considering how much time we spend either making money, thinking about money, holding on to our money, dreaming about money, earning money, managing money, and even worrying about money. So stewardship in the church calls us to consider how our relationship with money supports and expresses our love for God. If you're a member of Selwyn, you can expect to re receive a packet in the mail later this week. And in that packet, you will find a letter and some important financial information that we ask you to prayerfully consider and pray about as you make decisions about how you will um, engage in the act of stewardship here at Selwyn Avenue. For all that is happening in our world, for all the uncertainty and instability, God's steadfast love endures forever, and so now we can prepare our hearts to worship God.
Welcome, friends, to this holy day. I invite you to please stand as you are able and join me in our call to worship from Psalm 99. The Lord our God is king. Let the peoples tremble. Praise your great and awesome name. Our God is a lover of justice who executes justice and righteousness. Extol the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is our God. Sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day, the shines full at God's command, and all the stars obey. There's not a plant or flower below that makes thy glorious known, and clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care, and everywhere that we can be, thou God art present there. Friends, we know that as humans we are flawed, imperfect, and limited. But God's mercy, love, and grace knows no limits. Let us join together in prayer and make our confession before God and each other. Lord, like those religious people long ago, we too have malice in our hearts. We wish ill upon those who we do not like and fail to recognize our shortcomings. We are certain in our own opinions rather than humble about our assumptions. We think the best of ourselves and the worst of others, despite your admonishment to tend to the log in our own eye rather than the speck in our neighbors. We want to partition off our lives, offering you a portion of our loyalty time and resources when we are called to give our whole selves to you. Forgive our pettiness, our hard-heartedness, and our stubbornness. Use our repentance as a means for the Spirit to work in us and remake us to a closer likeness of your Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. The Lord our God answers us and forgives us. The mercy of the Lord is new every day and from everlasting to everlasting. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
Now it is my pleasure to finally invite to the baptismal font Toby and Courtney Arnheim, along with Mary Watterson Arnheim and her little sister, Frances Arnheim. Frances brings with her many loving and supportive family members and friends. A few of them are here in the sanctuary and many others have joined us virtually. So we welcome all of you. Frances's baptism was originally planned for March 15th, which is the first Sunday that we were forced to stop in-person worship due to the coronavirus. I think she was seven months old back then, and so now she's grown. Toby and Courtney have been active members here at Selwyn since 2017, when Courtney was pregnant with Mary Watterson. They are a kind-hearted couple. They take seriously their commitment to family and faith, and they are true partners when it comes to parenting. Baptism is a visible sign of God's invisible grace, and it is here at the font where we are named, called, and marked by God's grace. On this Sunday, in the midst of so much uncertainty, we are reminded that we can do nothing to earn this grace, but it is by God's holy invitation into the body of Christ that there is a sign and a seal. So as you watch the drops of water fall to Francis's head this morning, you are invited to remember your own baptisms. And as we enter the covenant that God has established, it nurtures and renews and sustains us all the days of our lives. After we ask the baptismal questions, then you will see that I will sit down and Francis's aunt, Linda Bowman, will come and administer the rites of baptism. I invite now our elder, Matt Baskerville, to come forward as well. Toby and Courtney, putting your whole trust in the grace and love of Jesus Christ, do you desire to have Francis baptized? Will you be responsible for nurturing Francis in the faith and the life of a Christian community? Will you, by your prayers and witness, help Francis grow into the full stature of Christ? Do you, the people of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, promise to share with Francis Gwyn Scott Arnheim the good news of the gospel? and to help her know the peace and joy in the cost of Christian discipleship? We do. You promise your prayers and fellowship, caring and encouragement for this family, that their ties with the household of God may be strong and enduring. We will. Let us rise and say together what we believe using the historic faith of the church expressed in the Apostles' Creed. I believe, I believe in God, God the Father Almighty, Almighty maker, maker of heaven, heaven and earth, and, earth, and in Jesus Christ, only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day, rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good morning, and thank you for being here. Mary Watterson, I need a helper. Could you help me? 
When I baptized you some years ago, I didn't have a helper. Oh, Mary Watterson, look in this bowl. See that water? That water is very, 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 very special water. But it's the same water that's in your bathtub, like the water you had last night. But God makes that water special. That's God's water that we're going to use on Francis to say that Francis belongs to God. She belongs to you and Mommy and Daddy, but first and foremost, she belongs to God, and she's a gift that God has given y'all from God. So pray with me, if you will. Lord God, you have always made yourself known to us through water. In the beginning, your spirit hovered over the water. Even in chaos, Lord God, you were there. At the Red Sea, in the Jordan River, at the baptism of Jesus, water has always been special to your people. So we thank you, Lord, for setting aside this water for your own use to mark Francis, now and forever, as your child. We pray, Lord, in your matchless name. Amen. Courtney, I'm sorry. Francis looks beautiful, but you're going to have to take off that hat. And I'm going to let you hold Francis because even though she knows me, are you ready? Francis Winscott Arnheim, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. She's never going to forgive me. Mary Watterson, she's now no longer just your sister. She's everyone's sister. She's the sister of all the kids of Selwyn, and she's the sister of all the kids of God. But right now, even though God brought us Francis, God died for Francis, and God is going to be with Francis, God needs us to tell Francis about Jesus. Can you help me do that? Yep. You pray for her every night because as she grows, she's going to get to know God more and more and more, right? So Francis, welcome. Child of the covenant, welcome to the family. Amen. Francis Ar Winscott Arnheim is now identified as a child of God in Christ Church. Through baptism, God has put a seal upon Francis to share with us all the benefits of Christ's sacrifice. Let's be supportive of Toby and Courtney as they nurture Francis, Francis and assist her to be a faithful disciple. Joy and thanksgiving, we welcome Francis into Christ Church, for we are all one in Christ. We promise to love, encourage, and support you to share the good news of God's love with you, and to celebrate with you God's was there to hear your 
Let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. And in the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. This morning, we continue in our series of sermons entitled, Jesus Says. And this morning we find ourselves in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius, and then he said to them, Whose head is this on this coin, and whose title? And they answered, The emperor's. And then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I remember it as clearly as if it were yesterday. But it's 2001, and I'm in our tiny little nook of a home office on our brand new giant clunky desktop computer, and I'm trying to navigate TurboTax. Now, why in the world I was ever in charge of the McLennan family taxes is beyond me. Uh, if you need baby teeth pulled, if somebody needs help with a bleeding kid, if you need somebody to boss you around or clean a bathroom, your hedges trimmed, a lost item in the house, I am your girl. Tax returns, I'm not your girl. That was the last year I did our taxes. 
Anyway, as I worked my way through the TurboTax questionnaire, I remember discovering that depending on your responses to particular questions, it would adjust your tax return in ways that might cost you money or return money to you. Well, isn't that interesting? Taxes are not new, and we're not the first people to grumble about taxes. The Bible is full of stories involving taxes and tax collectors. They're a reality of life, and they have been for centuries. Today's story presents as one about taxes, but it's not really about the taxes. It's about humanity and God. You see, these Pharisees and Herodians, they were people like us, church people with some means and some power and some privilege in their community. And Jesus has really been ticking them off. He's been upsteading the way things are. And he's bringing new understandings about people and rules and things. And he's been challenging their ways of thinking and doing, especially related to their understanding about God. And they don't like it. And this exchange takes place during Holy Week. And Jesus will be arrested and crucified in a matter of days. And over the prior days, these folks have heard Jesus teaching a lot. Many of them likely have recently heard the parable of the vineyard that Lori preached on just two weeks ago. You remember, it's the story where all the workers in the vineyard received the same wages no matter what time they showed up to work. It was a stunner. How was this possible? How could God possibly lavish all of us with equal love and grace? Some of us have been working at this our whole lives. What is Jesus doing? Jesus stirs it all up. Societal hierarchy, understandings of who's in and out, who's good and bad, who's worthy and unworthy. It's just too much. They have to get rid of this guy. So they try to trick and entrap him. And it seems so silly when I say that out loud. Who would be dumb enough to try and trick and manipulate Jesus? Us? Me? We can't help ourselves trying to manipulate Jesus or the gospel to suit our needs or get our way. When I first felt called to ministry, I remember getting up the nerve to tell my husband that I felt like I was supposed to go to seminary on the weekends. And I was already very intimidated and hesitant about the whole thing, and we had three small kids that were three, four, and six. So when his response was, that's the worst idea I have ever heard, I was like, you see, God, that will just never do. I need to honor my husband. <laughs> Honoring my husband was not my motive. Getting what I wanted was my motive. And our motives aren't as pure as they should be, just like those fine church folks in our story today. Jesus knows that. 
He saw through their facade and he sees right through ours. And lucky for us, God does not give to us according to our motives, our intentions, or our actions. God has given us everything in spite of them. God lavishly pours upon us God's love and mercy and forgiveness and grace. God makes this beautiful sun to shine on the just and the unjust. But God also gives us the ability to live into what should be rather than what is. So in their attempt to trick Jesus, these folks set Jesus up with a question that would force him to choose between the emperor and God. And Jesus replies, Give therefore to the emperor the things that belong to the emperor, and to God the things that are God's. He points out that it isn't an either-or. It is both. Back in 2001, at that little desk, fighting with TurboTax, McLennans, we, we paid our taxes. I answered those questions honestly, but also with an intentionality to take advantage of every opportunity to minimize them. I mean, do any of us go looking for ways to pay more in taxes? And I think if we're honest, we can admit that we try to pay as little as we can while still doing our fair share. But do we give to God the same way? When my parents were brand new, young newlyweds, they went to church together that first Sunday. And as the offering plate began to be passed, y'all remember we used to do that when we were all together? My mother took out her checkbook and she wrote a check for $12.50. My dad saw what she was doing. His eyes bugged out of his head. He gave her the elbow and that signal of, what the heck are you doing? No way. You see, they only had $125 a week to live on and she was about to give 10% of this to the church without even discussing it. You see, she didn't even consider that they would have a conversation about this because she had been raised in a home where 10% automatically went to the church, as was your time and your energy and your money and probably more of all of it, whatever else was needed. And my precious young newlywed dad he didn't have a problem giving money to the church. And he, he told me recently that he talked her out of that check that morning. He was thinking that they would give a little something here and there when they were able. What did you learn about giving to God? At this point, I will point out that in our scripture this morning, this this word give is probably actually better translated give back. Give back to the emperor what belongs to him 
and give back to God what belongs to God. Do we give back to God as a priority? In gratitude for all that God has lavishly given to us for the betterment of the world? Or do we give back to God like we pay our taxes, minimally, with grumbling and maybe a little resentment? Do we give back to God out of our leftovers or from the total of that which has been entrusted to us? Do we give back to God even 10% of the time we spend on social media or watching Netflix or on our hobbies? Do we give 10% of our money or what we might spend on a gym membership or a club membership? As much as we spend on vacation or entertainment, eating out, private school, travel sports, or even Starbucks? Do we give back and share the skills given to us, skills of teaching and financial management, hospitality, writing, IT, social media, property, or visiting? The skill and talent in this congregation is staggering and abundant. And God has given us all of these things for sharing with each other and our neighbors. And I can't help but wonder what this church and this city might look like if we all gave back the way Jesus has instructed us to, or even if we just move a little more in that direction with our time and our energy and our skills and our money. As Lori said in the announcements, next week you'll get materials from our stewardship committee and it's that time of year when we ask you to consider how you might give back to God through Selwyn. And we ask you to share those plans with us so that we might plan how this church can give back to God. And there are seasons in our lives where we are able to give freely and abundantly of all that we've been entrusted with, money, time, energy, talents and skills and there are seasons when we have to make some choices about giving back and and it will cost us something sacrifice will be necessary and there are also seasons in our lives when we have nothing to give we are plum give out as my grandmother used to say and that's the time when the church steps in to help nurture and carry us through until we've regained our strength and are able to help carry others. And we all experience these seasons. The church is here to marry and bury the children of God, to baptize babies, to celebrate Christmas and Easter, but it's much, much more than that. It's a fountain for the thirsty and it's bread for the hungry, sometimes literally. It's a light in the dark. God has not withheld one single thing from us. We have been lavished with God's love 
and mercy and forgiveness and grace. That is the good news of the gospel. And there's nothing we can do to separate from that love. This church is here to make sure that sweet baby Frances, who we just baptized this morning, we want her to know this day, but especially later, when she feels lost and alone and unworthy of God's love, that it's still there for her. And we're here to stand with her and her sister and her parents as a community that despite what the world tells her, she is a beloved child of God. And we're here to demonstrate it with our actions. We're here to make sure that her parents are nurtured in their faith as they help her grow into her own life of discipleship and to know and to love her neighbors. And we're here to make sure that Francis knows that Christmas isn't just about Santa and Easter isn't just about a bunny, but that it's about God's love for us and God's desire to be in relationship with us. The church is here to make sure that Francis and all of God's children know these truths and that they know it deep in their beings and that we nurture them to live in the joy and freedom of this truth and we equip them to demonstrate this good news in real and tangible ways with this family of faith but also with the community outside of these walls. We're about to pray the Lord's Prayer you're hopefully going to say, your kingdom come, your will be done, God, right here on earth. Those of us who pray this, we are invited to join in, to give back to God, and to work in partnership with God to make it so. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are reminded that God who has adopted us as the children is the God who encourages us and calls us to pray. When we pray, we respond with love to that greater love which meets us here. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving maker, we are in awe of your majesty. As leaves began to change, hosting a symphony of color, signaling to us a new season, we wonder at your creation. God, we give you thanks that just as you formed the earth in all its glory, you also created each one of us in your image to love, to care, and to serve one another. God, we are grateful that no matter the season we are in, your comfort and presence are not restricted to six feet not even to two feet, not even an inch. We are thankful that in a season marked by much change, our leaders and clergy and elders and members have adapted to the way we gather and are present for one another. Lord, we thank you for being with us as we continue to rejoice. We rejoice in the children born into our congregation during this time, for baptisms to be celebrated and new confirmands. 
we rejoice in the children of our GEP program and digital programs resuming after the summer break. We rejoice in new friendships and new members, and for all these gifts we lift our praise. God, we also pray for your presence as we mourn. As we mourn the loss of our normalcy and the loss of the loved ones in our midst. As we mourn with those without food, without work and shelter and safety, and with those who face hard battles of illness and disease. As we mourn with those who have lost everything to natural disasters and those who are isolated and alone. God, may you comfort and be near. Lord, and as the season continues to change, remind us that your steadfast love endures forever. May your spirit give us the courage to preach the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, and proclaim freedom to the oppressed, just as your son Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Friends, Selwyn Avenue's mission is made possible by your generosity and the many gifts and talents that God has given to each one of you. Not one call to discipleship looks the same, which makes this place vibrant and full of energy and what I have come to understand as the Selwyn spirit. May we reflect upon the ways that God is calling us to respond this season, whether it be your time, your mission, your knowledge, participation in a Bible study or women's circle. All these beautiful gifts help us to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. And let us join together in prayer. Lord of all things, we give back to you that which is yours. We recognize that all we have, that all the earth, every fiber of our being, and every cell of creation is yours. We can do nothing apart from your presence and power working with us. In thanksgiving and joy, we give you these offerings. Bless them, we pray, and use them in us for that which will bring your glory and share your love in a world deeply in need of good news. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God has not withheld anything from you. He has lavishly poured everything upon you. Give back to God what belongs to God. And go now from this place and into this world, knowing that you go with the lavish grace of God, with the all-knowing love of Jesus, and with the ever-present companionship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.